Patrick Hoots from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. And another episode of the 50 Most Relevant, where we count down who I think are the most relevant players to have a fantasy footy conversation about for your Supercoach Dream Team and AFL Fantasy Sides for 2023. On the episode today at number 37, Christian Salem is who is the discussion point today. He's an interesting prospect. I've got to get a guy that's a big rap on him and the football club because he supports him. i got Kane on. Hello, mate. How are you? Very well, MJ. Yes, an interesting player, a demon. So I'm You're very in. excited. We've had a good 50 so far. I feel like you've nailed it. But this guy is another one that I thought, you know, going into the preseason would be, you know, almost a, a buzz name. But he seems to be a little bit slept on. It's an interesting guy, isn't it? As, as we've built out our teams and AFL Fantasy is now open for all, still the team pickers are available for your super coach and your dream team players. So still very much the accessibility to lock away your sides. It's a name that, like you, I thought he'd be everywhere. And he's still in enough sides, but there's a reason why Christian Salem has made the 50 most relevant. 27 years of old, defender from the Demons, and his top scores last year in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team was a 104 against the Carlton Footy Club. It was that same score in Supercoach, but against a different team. Collingwood It was his top score in that format for 2022. They are real long ways, though, off some of his career high scores. Both of them in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and Supercoach came in the same game back in 2021. So that ceiling... Still pretty fresh. It was a 141 against the Tigers in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and a 167 in Supercoach. It was an injury-interrupted season that we'll talk about in a second. It was one of the reasons why he only delivered you a 70.9 in Supercoach. And because of that, he's going to sit you back $390,400. While in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, an average of 73.8 has meant that he's going to be setting you back in AFL Fantasy just over $650,000. While in DT, it was six hundred and seventy k. And Kane, for your boys, the Ds, the Premiership, kind of defence, almost started off in a negative light. Within the opening minutes from the opening bounce, Christian Salem goes down with a knee injury that requires surgery, and we don't see him for months until round 12. But he's structurally so important for that demon side. Before we talk fantasy, he's a classy user, high footy IQ, and he complements the Melbourne intercepting defenders and those inside midfield bulls so well. Oh, yeah, he's a really crucial Cog MJ in that back line. He's a really, um, he's probably underrated in terms of actually his defending mm. you know, because he is so creative and there's guys obviously like May and, and Lever and even guys like Michael Hibbard that really get those you know strict one-on-one jobs on the biggest forwards in the game. But Salem's just that guy that just makes such smart decisions. Like always brings yeah. his teammates into the game. Um, he's not a penetrating kick in the sense of like a Daniel Rich we might think, think about across half back, but mm. He's so smart. Like, it's almost like him and Caleb Daniel, those 30 to 40 metre kicks that, you know, open up the ground or just, just move it on at the right time to allow the team to really transition quickly. So, vital player in the team. That's obviously not a question we have no to doubt. worry about with Salem in this 50. He's firmly cemented into the side. 
you know, into that sort of prime bracket. He's going to be 28 this season. So he's just a guy that's been around for a while. Once he established himself in the team, he's been a really consistent scorer, which I'm sure you'll touch on with all with all the numbers across the journey. But he probably hasn't had that, that big season, no. which is maybe why people are a little bit gun-shy. You know, you always love to look through the history books and, and say a triple-figure season and yeah. go, yep, that's what he can get back to. But we know that's what makes this game so fun and so difficult is um, it just doesn't work like repeating old numbers. You know, players improve. Sometimes there's things we don't know about in the background or sometimes the team yeah. game style changes and all of that comes into uh, affecting their score. But at a first glance, MJ, priced in you know, the 70s, the low 70s as well, mm. for a guy that's got high 80s and 90s across numerous seasons, yeah, uh, that catches my eye. Instantly. Yeah, and as it should, last year, way below what we've seen historically from Salem. A AFL Fantasy and Dream Team average of 73.8. Now, that includes a couple of tons, plus three additional scores between 90 and 99. He did fall below the 70 scoring marker on, seven, uh, on four occasions, but that does include his injury-affected single-digit game. For Supercoach, he averaged 70.9 last year. Just the one ton and a couple of additional scores of 90 and 80 plus. But both of these numbers are really injury affected. If you take that early injury game out, an average of 81 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and up to 77 in Supercoach. You're going, MJ, what is an 80 and a 77 going to help me? Here's why. He's still looking back over the past few years from 2017 to 2021 He's never been a top six defender, but he's always been on the verge and the edges of it. That's why Kane's talking about his, he's had these almost seasons, like in 2021, for example, scores nine tons in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, three additional scores, 90 plus, gets you up to that average of 92.9 in Supercoach in 2021, averages 94.5. That features 10 tons and three more scores over 90 in the COVID bubble year of 2020. A dream team and AFL fantasy average of 71.3. If you want to use the adjusted averages algorithm, that pushes him up to an 89.1. In that year, an 80 was 100. And he scored three times over 90 and an additional six times over 70. These are unadjusted numbers too. While for Supercoach in the COVID bubble, an 87.3, six tons and a further two scores 90 plus. And, And just to drive the point home, In 2019, he averages 89.6 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, six tons and four more scores, 90 plus. Supercoach, an average of 90.4, five tons and four more scores, 90 plus. So in summary, between 2019 and 2021, he averages high 80s and low 90s in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. Yeah, it's a crime that's been committed that people aren't considering him. And low to mid 90s in Supercoach. For a guy that's priced in the low to mid 70s across the formats, whew, how are we not seeing this? Well, I think MJ, it really does come back to a bit of what happened last year. And I think that's something that always scares people off is, you know, while we had that injury score that you mentioned in round one, there's still a lot of season that people see on paper that, you know, it's basically you know, from round 12 onwards, he was back in the team. Mm. Um, and there were some really stinky scores, but I recall last 50 most relevant, we chatted about, you know, a guy like Dylan Shiel and a guy like Josh Dunkley. And I mentioned just how hard it is to come back 
in the season when you've missed a large chunk of it. Yeah. So you think back to a Dunkley, and the reason I bring him up is, you know, these are guys that actually did bounce back well and truly, you know, last year. So Dunkley, 2021, first six games, went at 116. Came back after injury, played five home and away games, averaged 63. This is Josh Dunkley, averaged 63. Mm. What did he do last year? He was back to his best. Now, he didn't have a consistent role, and I'm sure he'll be in the 50 at one point, but he went at 109 and was an absolute bargain price at 91. And, and Dylan Shield was the same. Like These are professional athletes. Dylan Shield yeah. played two games. We know he missed a large chunk of the season. Parrish went bananas. He averaged 62 in his last five games. So to think of a guy like Christian Salem, who, who comes back after missing all the way from round two to round 11 out of the team, he still put together an 81. Like, that's actually pretty impressive when you consider yeah, that he's missed all that time. We've got him priced at 74. In AF and DT, and, yeah. And, and, you've, and you've mentioned the upside that he's shown. So, for me, he's clearly more relevant in the AF and DT range. Probably sure. more AF just because there is those extra trades. Yep. And I think the reason is in that format, the defenders aren't a super high bar for mine. I think no. Doherty's clearing away got that you know, that 110 that he's shown, that even ability to maybe even go higher to the yeah. 115. Yeah. But, but I look at the, the guys below that, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if this next season, Salem was right with him, like a Sinclair. You think about how many things went right for him to last get year. That. Yeah. To get to get a low 100. Dawson, the same. You know, he's such an important player for Adelaide. And I just think any opposition side would be mental to not put more time into and him. effort into him. Yeah. Then I look at a Brayshaw. Again, I've got role uncertainty there. A James Sicily. Again, another guy that if you're, you know, trying to make a dent in Hawthorne's ability he, to rebound he is and the one the ball, yeah. he, he's the one. Again, Witherden's on the list. Not even best 22 for mine. Shannon Hearns right at the back end. Then I come down to a Tom Stewart and a Mitch Duncan. Like, you start thinking about, you know, Mitch Duncan at his age, again, unlikely to play every game, managed. Tom Stewart's best season's MJ really was last year, wasn't it? Now, I know he's got a 95 and a 96.8, but sure. last year was a 94, and it, clearly there was some, some reasons. You know, yes. there, was some, there was some injury impact. Injury scores, and suspensions, but, yeah. But, but, all, but all he put together was a 94. When In DT and AF, yeah. It. But Salem's within a handful of points of that. Now, I think in Supercoach, that's where the gap does separate because there's guys in that format that are 105, 110 um, and even beyond just with how you know, much intercepting is rewarded yes, um, and as, as the nature of metres gains and all those type of things that go into the mix there. I think that's where the gap does start to separate with the Salem and the top six. Sure. But, in, but then AF and DT, clearly there's going to be some guys that you know do have seasons that are close enough to 100 or the mid-90s but my point there is good luck predicting it. Mm. Let alone, we haven't even factored in price yet, MJ. Like, we're talking about in AF. Salem's price at 653. Yeah. You look at those top defenders that I mentioned just there Sinclair, 911. Dawson, 893. Brayshaw, 878. Like, we're talking over 200K, MJ. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And we're thinking we might get a really comparable output in those formats. So, again, if I think if this was an AFL fantasy 50 most relevant, for mine, this guy's in the low 20s. Yeah. 
Now, I think Supercoach has, has pulled him back a bit for us just because of that separation. Yeah. But, but, but it seems to me, MJ, a classic overthink. If at this point of the summer, you can't find a spot in your starting squad for a guy like Christian Salem. I'm totally with you. There's a couple of elements for this to me that's really important. One, people are overlooking him because they go, I don't see that he'll become a premium at that price point, so therefore I'll pass him. Sure, he's not there to be that. He's there to get you up to one. He's got that round 14 buy, which is a really nice spot where after six, eight weeks, if you want to tap him out at maxed value and go and jump on one of these other big-name defenders. Maybe we get a, a Whitfield or a Short or something back in the mid-season DPP games. You've got the avenue there. Or you can run him to the buy and flip him to a steward after the buy. So he gives you structurally a lot. But 12 months ago, I remember doing a podcast, I think it was with Rids, and, and it was the same narrative around George Hewitt. He's done it in chunks. He's done it for bits. But I don't think he'll be a premium. Therefore, I'll avoid. He's not. That's not his role. But... As you said, well, he can get you close enough to it to make it worthwhile. The second is, I look at these defenders and and, and the way it's structured, and, and I just see him as the perfect guy to get you to the forward, mids, and ruck structure you like. Lock away him at D3, for example. Maybe even a D4 if you want to go really deep. But D3 feels like a really nice spot for him. Get yourself your Doherty's, your Stewart's, your Dawson's, your Sinclair's, the Sicily, the whoever you go, man, I love these two. And then you've got some other value. You've got some nice cows potentially rolling through there. Chessers, Wilmots, McKenna's, guys like that. Now, all of a sudden, he lets you run five premium mids deep. He lets you go four premium forwards deep. He creates opportunities for you. So I look at those other elements as well as what you've, done and gone man Salem just feels unless enough cows pop that I don't need it um I, I just don't know why people aren't seriously looking at Salem in this middle portion of January oh I totally agree MJ and that's the thing as well we always talk about upside and upside's got to depend on what, what what level are they already at because 20 points upside isn't equal for every player you know yeah. if Sam Doherty had 20 points upside well He's a captain option. He's one of the best players in the game. He's near on must-have. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing you've got to consider. A player going from 60 to 80 is very different from a player going from 75 to 95. Mm. You know, you might even argue that a player going from, you know, 45 to 85 isn't worth as much as a guy that goes from 80 to 100, even yeah. though they've got more upside. It's that's like, true. what role are they serving in your team? What position do they play? What do they allow you to do? So... That's why this, this game is so fun. Is there's so many different ways you can slice your team, and that's why most people, when they log into their team, they can't help but make a change because it's yeah. just some tinkering, and, yeah. and that's the beautiful part of this time of year. But, yeah, for me, MJ, if, if you're viewing Salem with the ability that you think you're going to move him on, well, then it just makes it even more stress-free because you're not even thinking you need him for the whole year. That's right. I would argue that... By the time you get to the point that you're in a position to trade Salem, which is probably around the buy, like you mentioned, you're going to probably be sitting there. And unless you've missed, you know, a guy that's setting the world on fire, you know, someone who's going 105 plus in DT or 110 plus in Supercoach, mm. I don't even know if you're going to have much confidence that I'm going to burn a trade here to get off a guy that I've got going 90 to 95. Mm. Who am I going to trade him to? I might trade him to a guy that 
does worse than that. Like that's the yeah. that's the brutal part of this game. Sometimes you're trying to upgrade and you end up just shooting yourself in the foot. You know, you might as well have him at D7 or, and it's just true. bolster. So I think if your bar is just to run him and then move him, um, I can see why maybe that's not as appealing if you think he's not close enough. Totally. But, um, I think he's a guy that can happily live at D6. You're 10 rounds in. You haven't used many trades. Maybe then you're in a spot to, you know, to look for that premium that maybe not a lot of people have and maybe has a greater ceiling. But conversely, if you're if you're struggling and you've just been injury riddled and um, you know maybe you're a few upgrades behind the rest of the comp, just let him sit there. Like he's mm. always got the ability to put a big score up. And like I said, maybe he does go 85, 90 in the pre-buy. But conversely, he could also go 100 post. Like yeah. he is that type of guy that he's so consistent that it only takes that ceiling game. He'll, he'll very rarely let you down when he's when he's getting firing. So I'm just not seeing much risk here, MJ. But now, if really someone isn't. wants to come out in the preseason and like knock our socks off sure. and have a massive role change. Sure. I said if there's so many cows and all the, these guys jump ahead of him. Sure. But I don't know how you don't, at this point of the season, just have him penciled in. I, I think so. And, and again, we, we look at a guy that has missed a significant period of time in the season and when we don't see a player for a long time, we retell ourselves a different narrative that they're injury prone. But the reality is with Salem, that's not the case recently. He's just missed five games in the previous four years before the 2022 season. So it, it, it's one significant injury. And then beyond that, you, you're starting to find narrative and reasons that hold a tiny bit of water, but not enough that in my eyes for the price you're paying for the opportunity of what he does for your other 29 spots within your starting squad. For me, unless you're really avoiding anything in the mid-range in your back line, he's got to be a consideration. And and that's what we're talking about at this point in the 50 most relevant. It's not lock and must and things. Now, for me, Salem's everywhere at this point of time across formats for me. If things change, sure. But right now, he's in the mix, and I think he absolutely needs to be in the mix for people across their salary cap formats. Where he goes on draft day is interesting for me, though, Kane. He's probably in that range where I don't know if people will pick him at a D2 in AFL Fantasy or Dream Team or maybe even a D3 in Supercoach, but he's got the potential to deliver in those levels for you. Oh, absolutely, MJ. Again, he's not a, he's not a sexy draft pick. I don't think – I always have the view in draft that you know, obviously the goal is to win. And sometimes yes. that's where the Aaron Halls, they get do there. get a bit more appealing in, in draft because it's first or last really in that format. Whereas we know in AFL fantasy and dreams and super coach, you know, we're pushing for rate here. We don't want to be um, all or nothing all the time. Yeah. But I feel like in draft, you know, where it's really just the winner that's rewarded. Um, that's probably what bumps Salem down a bit for me is the upside. Yeah. I don't see, you know, much over 95, whereas there is some guys that, you know, if the stars aligned, Aaron Hall, even guys like Liam Duggan, yep. there's there's guys that just, you think if this situation's right, that they can be 100 plus and we know Aaron Hall can be you know, D1 or even competition yeah. best across all lines if he's got that plum sure. role. So, um, for me, you'd be really happy if he's a D3. Yeah. Um, wouldn't be fair. wouldn't be disappointed if he's a, if he's a D2 and I've gone a few other lines, few other lines earlier. I just think if you've got him penciled in, you know, you've got to make that call, don't you, MJ? What, what do you think he's going to average? Yeah. I think you're pretty comfortable 85 to 90. Yeah, I've got him 90 and more. five points either way. Yeah. Yeah, and I think 
that will sort of tell you all you need to know. Like who he's coming up with there, what's your confidence level. If you're not really sure, if you think there's a lot of these guys, you'll fade out. You know, go another line. Go yeah. another line that you're not as confident in, because I think there's a big slab of these defenders that are all sort of fighting with each other. So clearly, in actual fantasy, when I'm getting a discount yes. on Salem to these guys, it's Salem. Now, when I've got the when I've got all these guys at my disposal, um, if there's just a blanket over them in your eyes, yeah, go somewhere else. Both for that forward line that looks like it's quite strong at the top and then falls away. So I think he's a guy that uh, you're not really, you know, putting on your, on your board to make sure I get him. Mm. But I think he's going to fall in that D2, D3 range, which again, MJ probably has him what, in around that ninth, 10th, 11th round. Yeah. Late like single digits. Yeah. Maybe double digits. All depends on that. No, I, I, I yeah. think you're about right. Um, with Christian. He, he's a fascinating player to look at. It's why he's at number 37 for us today in the 50 most relevant. Some interesting names have been dropped already through the 50, uh, even just in the past two or three days. Jacob Hopper, Darcy Cameron, Errol Goulden have been some of the names and plenty more to come. Hey, Kane, as always, appreciate your work, mate. Of course, mate. Enjoyed it. Thank you. If you want to go and read the article on Christian Salem, it is online for you now at coachespanel.tv, along with all the other players revealed so far in the 50 most relevant. Uh, In just over 30 seconds, got a little clue for you for who's at number 36. But if you want to join our Patreon supporter group, it's one of the great ways you can say thank you and support the coaches panel this fantasy footy preseason. It's what Brad Smith has done. He has become a premium tier supporter just in the past 24 hours. We thank Brad for his support. If you want to be like Brad and become a Patreon, we'll get some extra access, get these podcasts early, maybe even a shout out on the podcast. All the details for that you can find at coachespanel.tv. Tomorrow, We continue on the trend of defenders. Someone that people are thinking he could be a legitimate 100-plus defender. Others have actually got him penciled. He's hitting some potential down season and don't see where the upside comes. In a line that's challenging, this guy, after a phenomenal season last year, has got everybody thinking maybe he could help us again get through our fantasy season. Which defender am I talking about? I'll tell you tomorrow in the 50 most relevant.